Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who I would never create an alliance with, Brent Siegel. How are you doing today? Trevor, you know if we stepped into the Big Brother house, or even just in life, you know I am the first person you create an alliance with. I, I know you know this. C- come on, right? I think it might be a fake alliance. Uh, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. Uh, but another man I made an alliance with for three and a half years over college careers uh, is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? Brent, I promise you, I would never make an alliance with you, and here's why. You got a big mouth. That's you got false. a big mouth. So you would get me in trouble by association. I just wouldn't be able to associate myself with you. There's no way I could do it. There's just no shot. That just wouldn't happen. And Ben, you know this. I, I think yeah, both I know you got a big that. mouth, and so does Trevor. <laughs> oh no! Wow. I mean, tre- I mean, no, no. no. I, what I meant by that is, uh, Trevor knows that you have a big mouth. Not oh. Trevor. No, 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 I, I know what you were saying. I'm not okay. saying Trevor has a big mouth. I know what you were mouth. saying, Ben. No, 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 no. You, you were saying Ben. No, no, that's not what I was saying. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of alliance talk in the first one minute and six seconds of this podcast, and that is because we have a new alliance in college football. And I wish, like, if you're doing a visual podcast right now, I would put the meme up of Dwight. Uh, asking Jim to be an alliance, because I think that's a perfect representation of what this is. The Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 have decided to make an alliance as kind of combating the SEC getting Oklahoma and Texas in a sense. Which I want to point out, what is, what is, what's this, you know, like, I just don't, I don't get any of this. Do any of you guys get any of this? No, I think it's just funny, and I think we should make fun of it. I also think, like, the Big 12 is such a loser of everything that, that happened. Like, they, they lost out their two best teams that are, like, two really solid teams. Whether it's basketball, football, it doesn't matter. And then <laughs> you have the other three major conferences making alliances, you know? Like, this is crazy. What, what world are we living in today, Ben? Bro, what is it, this? It, it literally is, like, the only thing I can, like, if somebody asked me how to explain it, literally what I would say is the three of them were like, yo, we cool? And they, they were like, yeah. And they're like, all right, sweet. See ya. <laughs> like, that's the only, like, that's really all it is. Like, yeah, I guess. That is all Like, it maybe was. they'll play that each other more in different sports. I don't know. But the only way I can, like, it's an un, there's nothing formal about it, really. Like, it's literally just like, you guys good? And they're like, yeah. Like, all right, sweet. See you never. Like, I don't know. There's just nothing special <laughs> about it, I don't feel like. It's just like a Big Brother with two people who have never talked game. Just like, they call up to each other. And one of them's on the block, and one of them's HOH, or about to be on the block, and one of them's HOH, about to nominate them, and they go, are we good? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. And then they put them yeah, on the block. Like, it's just like, it, this whole lines is, I don't get it. I don't get what they're trying to do. And they're, they're trying to, like, you know, outdo the SEC, but it doesn't make sense what they're doing to do it. You know? Like, what, are they going to play each other some more? Dude, Like, they could have just played each other some more. It's know? just news. Like, I, I, I promise you if, I don't know, if Ohio State has this this big recruit that they're recruiting and then the dude's like oh but i really like clemson i don't think ohio state's gonna be like no, no go to clemson that's cool like like you do you that's fine no ohio state <laughs> ohio alliance. state and clemson just because they're in some alliance by their conferences they're not gonna be like cool with the other one being way better than whoever like they're still gonna be competing so there's this informal alliance that they have doesn't mean anything they're still gonna try to beat all the other schools yeah, Brendan, I think I think uh, the funniest thing is what you mentioned, the fact that the Big 12 was excluded from this because you have the Power 5 conferences. These three are three of the five. SEC is obviously one of the five, and the Big 12 is supposed to be the fifth, but they are left out of this alliance. Um, now that Texas and Oklahoma are rumored to be, I mean, obviously, it seems like they're going to be going to the SEC. Now that conference is not nearly as good, and now they are not even good enough to be part of this alliance. So it's it's very interesting um, and funny, I guess, from that standpoint. But 
this really just doesn't seem to matter. I mean, I know people, there's like fans out there and people who were, uh, you know, creating this, these like conference restructuring maps and all these like things that combine conferences. And, you know, I, I don't know, like all that seems cool. And, but I, I don't think any of that's going to happen. I think this is just, um, I guess, some sort of thing to uh, oppose the SEC, but it's not serious at all, I don't think. And it's just like, so, like, what if the Big 12 was included? And then it's just the SEC against the world, you know? And, like, I, I just don't get what the point would have been, no matter what. Yeah. I just don't get it. None of this makes any sense to me. I don't um, I don't think any of these teams necessarily will get better or worse from this. Um, but the SEC is getting better. They're getting a lot better. Um, but, you know, we'll move on because you know, I think we could be done talking about alliances for the day. If you do want to hear about more alliances, go listen to the 5 Seconds of Fate podcast where pretty much all we talk about is alliances. Um, so, great podcast over there. Um, next up is a thing I'm very excited to talk about. Imani Bates committed to the Memphis Tigers in Penny Hardaway. Originally, he was committed to one of the worst schools that I've ever heard of, uh, a small school in East Lansing called Michigan State. Terrible school. Uh, really great decision by him. I, I mean, five out of five. The only thing that would have been better is if he went to Michigan. Um, but uh, Memphis is a good second, I think. Trevor, what do you think about this? Yeah, so, I mean, first of all, after, you know, we kind of got we got word that, obviously, Imani, he's going to make this announcement. It seemed more and more clear over the past couple of weeks that Memphis was going to be his choice. Um, and we got some, like, funny things that came out of the announcement in itself. Like, there was a report that Amani already had a Memphis, like, school email um, in, like, days before he committed. Um, I think at one point it was leaked, and then Amani didn't even get to make the official announcement because I think uh, Shams Sharania uh, announced it, like, earlier the day. Like, I think he was supposed to, like, make the commitment, like, last Friday, I want to say, and then it was, like, I think Shams just like tweeted out like Thursday or Wednesday or something. So it was just like, all right, I guess I'll just announce it after all then. It was, it was already pretty clear that uh, he was going to go to Memphis. So I think the announcement in itself is interesting. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, there's a lot that we could talk about when it comes to Monty Bates because, you know, he's one of, over the past couple of years, he's one of the most hyped up prospects that we've had. Um, I, I mean, I would probably say he's the most hyped up prospect we've seen since LeBron, to be honest with you. I mean, people are making the Kevin Durant comparisons. I remember there was a magazine article or some kind of some kind of uh, article that had him like on a cover of something, and then it said like there was uh, Magic, Michael, and LeBron is Amani next or something like that. So that kind of stuff is ridiculous. And now, yes, Amani, like we've seen, I've seen a lot of highlights. You know the Kevin Durant comparisons. Like I guess if I kind of squint and I look i guess maybe i could see it um he definitely seems like a very talented player but we kind of saw this past year um his which was his technically uh junior season i guess um i believe this past season where it seemed like he kind of took a little bit of a step back uh his matchup with chet holmgren uh it seemed like chet holmgren outplayed him there were a couple other games where he was going against teams where it seemed like he just wasn't playing um up to the level that people expected him and as a result of that, Amani Bates reclassifying into the class of 2021, um, he actually is, or I think he was at one point the fifth-ranked prospect. I'm seeing here now that it's updated. He's the third-ranked prospect on the 2021 ESPN 100 behind 
Chet Holmgren, who is number one, who's going to Gonzaga, and Jaden Hardy um, at number two. So Money Bates is three on that list, um, which definitely a little bit of a fall here. That's not what you would have expected if he's the best prospect we've had since LeBron. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. I personally, just when I'm looking at it, I don't know how good a money base is going to end up being. It's clear he's going to be going to the NBA in two years, and uh, he'll definitely be a very high draft pick. But I just think the level that some of these scouts and reporters hyped him up as like a high school freshman was probably a little too soon, um, regardless of how good you think he is, regardless of the tape. I just think maybe we should hold off until at least like the the kids junior season maybe or at least sophomore season. I just looking back on it now, I don't love that. Now from the Memphis standpoint, because Amani, um, he he can't go to the NBA draft after this year because he's not going to be nineteen by the end of the year. So regardless, Amani either will play two years in college or he will play one year in college and one year in the G League, or he could even theoretically go overseas next season. So he is a number pass. With Memphis, I think in the short term, this makes them very good for this season. They have a lot of talent. Um, in addition to Amani, they have Jalen Duran, who was Amani's AAU teammate. Um, seems like, to some degree, they have some sort of relationship. They're both five stars, great prospects. And in addition to that, Memphis has uh, some other talent that's returning as well. I think that will definitely make them um, probably a top 10 preseason team. I expect them to be in the preseason top 10 um, with adding Imani Bates. So it's going to be really fun to watch him. Um, I, I don't know if Memphis is going to be able to, like, I don't expect them to win the title because, you know, we see throwing all these, this talent together. It usually um, well, it works out for teams like Kentucky and maybe Duke, but it, it's definitely tough to make it all work together when you have so many other teams that have the chemistry, like a Gonzaga, like a Baylor, and there's so many other teams I could mention as well. But it's just interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what Imani does at Memphis and what he decides to do the following year. Uh, yeah, no, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Monty Bates does. I'm, I'm sure he'll be in the NBA very, very soon. Next up, we have kind of a plethora of NFL topics. We're going to start with Jameis Winston, uh, personally a player that I really, really like, especially on the Saints. Uh, ben, how do you expect Jameis Winston to do this season uh, with Kamara, with Michael Thomas, the whole Saints offense? We'll see, man. I mean... I'm not a Jameis Winston hater, but do I think he's great? No. I will say, I mean, if, you, if you're if you going to be optimistic about it, you can say, well, he's capable of throwing 30 touchdowns in a year. Okay, that's cool. He's also capable of throwing 30 interceptions in a year. All right? Um, I do think he's in a good organization. Obviously, Sean Payton knows what he's doing. Um, and it didn't – I don't think it hurts that Jameis Winston was there last year as well, right? Wasn't he on the Saints last year? Or mm, am I wrong? Yep. Yeah, okay. So he was there last year as well. So he's not like he's brand new to the system. Um, I think he'll be okay. Do I think he'll be a pro bowler? Probably not. Um, but I think he's good enough to help them win games. I don't think he'll be like the worst quarterback ever. Um, in terms of deciding between him and, and Taysom Hill, I think they made the right choice because Taysom Hill is he's a good and he's a really good athlete. He's a good quarterback, but I think he's more of a um, he's more of somebody you bring in every once in a while as kind of like the special package. I wouldn't necessarily want Taysom Hill out there for you know I don't know six, seven, eight series in a game. So. Um, James Winston, he's a good quarterback. He, he, he's capable of leading an NFL team to wins. And I guess at this point with those, based on the two quarterbacks that they had options from, um, I think they made the right choice. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll kind of have to see with him. I, I, like I said, I, I very much like James Winston. I mean, the 30 touchdown, 30 interception season, uh, interceptions are 
very, very easily fixed. That's his decision-making. Touchdowns are not as easily gotten. 30 touchdowns in a season is a lot of touchdowns. Um, and that was on a team that was not nearly as good as this team in terms of actual talent on the field. So I believe in him. If he could even get that number to 30 and 20, uh, which is still a lot of interceptions, I mean, that team is going to be a playoff team, 100%. Uh, Trevor, any, any final thoughts on James Winston? Because we got we got more NFL topics to get to. Yeah, I mean, James being named a starter, I think, was a no brainer. His ceiling is much higher than Taysom Hill's as a quarterback. Um, and you know, with the mistakes he made in Tampa, I think having a coach like Sean Payton, who is one of the best coaches in the NFL, I've always liked uh, Sean Payton. I think the Saint system is is very good that he has around him. It's going to be interesting to see kind of some of the the things they do to utilize them but with the talent they have uh over in new orleans i expect that this is probably one of the best possible situations uh for james to succeed yep yeah like i said we'll have to see um but i i'm a big fan of him uh next up we got two big injuries to running backs travis ntn um is i believe he's he's out for the year mm-hmm. uh, with a left foot injury uh, J.K. Dobbins yesterday got a, a big knee injury, uh, left knee, um, and he's getting tested today, but it appears to be season-ending, um, which are two huge, huge players. I mean, Travis Etienne hasn't even stepped on the field yet, but we knew uh, that he would be getting a pretty big role. And, of course, J.K. Dobbins is the starting running back uh, for my Baltimore Ravens. So I'll speak first on Dobbins, then I'll, I'll pass over to you guys. You guys can talk about either one or both of them if you want. I, I was so crushed when I saw this. I, I was with my girlfriend... Um, we were hanging out, and I, I saw this information, and it just ruined my an, entire day. I love J.K. Dobbins. I hated him coming into the draft. I now love him. Um, I think he's a very, very versatile player who just doesn't want to go down ever, um, and this would have been a really, really important year in terms of the Ravens' offense. Not that they can't do it without him. I think they have good players. Gus Edwards is a great player, um, but it, it's tough without Dobbins. I, I really, really like him a lot, and I, I, I hope it, it's not season-ending. There's some hope, but it doesn't seem good uh, for Dobbins at all. Ben, I'll pass this over to you. Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, um, injuries, if you want to comment on them. And uh, Trevor, we'll go next. So I'll, since you, just t- you touched on J.K. Dobbins, I'll focus on Travis Etienne. Here's what I'll say. Um, it hurts for a lot of reasons. One, he's really good. We knew that. Um, it would have been cool to watch him play with Trevor Lawrence. We're probably not going to get that. That being said, they still have Trevor Lawrence. And what I'll say is Trevor Lawrence is really good, but he really doesn't have a whole lot of talent around him. And now that Travis Etienne's gone, he's got even less talent around him. I'm concerned for what's going to happen this year with the Jags. I think Urban Meyer's a little bit in over his head. We'll see. Um, but Travis Etienne being out possibly for the entire year is not good for the Jags. They were already going to be really bad. They're going to be worse now because they lost a very big part of their offense and, and their team uh, in general. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so with ETN, I think it's just, I mean, it's another hit to the Jags, right? I think the most interesting thing with them is you have two people in Urban Meyer, the coach, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, who haven't lost a lot in their their career in their life. Um, I mean, Urban Meyer, I don't even know what the, I heard someone on the podcast say his win-loss record, and I was just like, in awe at, at how impressive his win-loss record in college is. It's insane uh, how much winning uh, Urban Meyer has done. And obviously Trevor Lawrence, we know how successful he's been in college, in uh, in high school, he's very successful. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle losing because they are gonna lose. Um, you know, Travis Etienne going down uh, hurts that even more so. Um, so it's just seeing how they kind of 
uh, handle losing, and then you know next off season how they can kind of try to add more pieces around Trevor Lawrence. But we'll see how they do this season. I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to have some really good standout games um, where you're going to see the talent. You're going to see why he was the number one pick. So it's going to be interesting. For sure, for sure. Uh, to end Small Talk today, as we always do, we're going to go to Small Talk Trivia, where we ask each other a question, keep a running scoreboard. Uh, who has the scoreboard for me? Because I don't even remember. Yes, so the scoreboard is uh, in the lead, Ben, five and a half points. Brandon is in second with five points, and I am in third with three points. All right, you're coming back, Trevor. Uh, Got to be honest with you, I have a very difficult question today. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm willing to go so far if you guys are okay with it. I'm going to double both of the points. So Trevor, two points for you. Ben, if he misses it, one point for you. You guys okay with that? Yeah. So the question's to me then? I get the difficult one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I should probably say the order. It's, I'm asking Trevor. Trevor, you were asking Ben. Ben, you were asking me. Okay. Uh, today, which is a random order, um, that we determined before this. Um, okay. So. We got college football coming up. We're going to do our college football preview in a couple minutes here. What players? Okay, so it's one of two players. You can give me either one. It's the correct answer. And I'll even give you the number of touchdowns. Have the record for the single season touchdowns in college football. So what player, and there's one of two, you just need to get one of them. If you get both of them, great, but you're not going to get any more points than the double points that are already offered. You just got to get one because this question is difficult. Okay. Have the most touchdowns. So this is receiving throwing and rushing all combined okay um, and the total number of touchdowns both of them had it was 39 so I've, I've given you a clue there's two players you just got to get one of them and i'm offering double points i'm trying to make it more adequate considering this is a very difficult question okay so this is single season correct single season okay. touchdown single season touchdown single season two players both have 39 in a single season and this includes, like, so a, a throwing touchdown, we're saying doesn't count, like a, a passing touchdown, like a, like a quarterback throwing a pass, like, are we considering that in? Yeah, or? Uh, the answer is not a quarterback. Yeah, because, yeah. because Burrow had 60, so that's not, it's, yes. like, it's all, yes. per, so, like, a quarterback could have rushing yards and, like, or they could have rushing touchdowns, but to me, that that makes sense. So the answer is going to be either a running back or a receiver, presumably. I mean, it's yes. I mean, it's not going to be a tight end. So yeah, so it's going to be a running back or a receiver. Um, just like basically, we're saying all purpose, they run it into the end zone or they catch a pass in the end zone. Okay, so thirty nine yes. touchdowns. Who could have gotten to thirty nine touchdowns? Man, that is insane. Um, my my gut feeling is that it has to be. I feel like it's probably someone that was before our lifetime. I, I mean, I, I guess if you don't have to give that hint if you don't want to, but um, my thought process would say that 39 touchdowns in a single season for a running back slash receiver would be very difficult, um, obviously. And thinking about it from recent uh, recent players that could have gotten there, I'm having I'll, a hard I'll give time. You that information. If, if, if you guys want, I'll give you that information. One of the players was in our lifetime. One of them was not. Okay, so I guess. Okay, so one was not, one is. And I'm not going to give a full clue here, but another kind of minor clue is one of these players I feel like you guys can get. Okay. Like, it is it is obtainable. Okay, so receiver slash running back. One of them is in our lifetime. One of them is not. 
Yes. Okay. I don't want to give again. I I have decent faith. It's, a, it's hard, but one you you guys can get one of these guys. The tough part about this is trying not to clue Ben in here of the people I'm thinking about. Um, I feel like just why why you're thinking, Trevor? Keep on yeah. keep on thinking, Ben. Do you have any idea? Um, I have a guess. I have a person I'm gonna guess. Okay. Um, okay. Am I confident in that answer? Probably not, but I feel like it's a decent guess. Okay. Um, running and receiving, man. So honestly, Trevor, if you want, you can think through this with names because I promise you I won't change my answer. I already have a guess. Okay. Um, man, running and receiving. How could they that many? There was, um, there's one person that I'm thinking of, but could they have had that 39 in a single seat? How is that even... How is that even possible? That's a ton. That's a lot of um, times. <laughs> I don't. I truthfully don't know how that's even possible. Um, uh, I will say one of them. One of them. It doesn't include the bowl game, but one of them it does include their bowl game. Oh man, running or receiving? I'm gonna have to give a guess. I have no idea. Um, uh, if I'm thinking in in the life in our lifetime, guys like, let's see. I feel like it, it might be someone that's not power conference, but who knows? I mean, like, guys like like Reggie White never got to 39 touchdowns. There's, there's no way he could have gotten to 39 touchdowns. Um, Adrian Peterson never got to 39 touchdowns. How would he have done that? So <laughs> any, any of these, like, possible answers, I'm just like, I don't know. I'll give a guess here. I'm going to say I'm going to give a guess that's not in our lifetime because I know that Historically, this player had a very good NFL career and a very good college career. This is going to be my guess. It's probably wrong, but I know that his stats in college were very good. I know he has a lot of yards, probably has a lot of touchdowns as well. 30, 39 just seems astronomical, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just guess it anyway, even though I think it's wrong. I'm going to say Barry Sanders. That's going to be my guess. Final answer? Yeah, it's, yeah that's my answer. Ben, who are you going to guess? Was he right? I don't know. What are you gonna? No, I'm not gonna tell you. No, you you right have to it. you have to say it's if it's right or wrong. Well, because because there's two answers. Just, if Trevor's right, then I'm see. not even gonna bother. Just tell me if he's right or not. Yeah. Well, because I'll even go so far, Ben. If you could get if he is right and you could get the other person, if that was your no guess, no I'd no. If Trevor's points. right, just let him have the point. You you have to. Okay. If I'm wrong, yeah, you have to say if I'm right or wrong. Just let Trevor. Just tell me if he's right or not. Trevor, you're 100% right. Oh, wow. Double points for you. How do you get 39? Barry Sanders. Damn. He had 39 total touchdowns in 1988, and that was without a bowl game, too. How many? Uh, ben, do you, was that your guess? No. Well, what was your don't guess? Don't worry about it. I'm not going to bother now. I don't need to. <laughs> All right, so the other player, the other player which is in our lifetime, is in 2011 for Wisconsin. That is Monty Bowl. Okay, that, that, I guess that makes sense. I, but, like, how, 39, so... Okay, for both of them, do you have, like, how many were... I mean, I'm assuming most of them are rushing, but, like, did you have a split um, of, like, rushing versus receiving? I can figure it out. I can figure it out. Like, so... 39. In 1988, Barry Sanders had 37 rushing touchdowns. Two. Okay. Dang, 37? Um, maybe two returning. Or, or returning, yeah. They weren't receiving. Right, it could be returning, obviously, too. But 37 rushing. One of them was a return. Insane. One of them was a return, and one of them... Was a re- okay, so he had a return in the regular season, then he had a return in the uh, in the bowl game. Okay, and then and then Monty, 
Monty, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of them are rushing as well, but he was very multifaceted. He could do a lot of different things. He could, um, obviously. So I guess in theory that makes sense, but 39 is insane. 2011, which was his junior season, he had 33 rushing touchdowns and six receiving touchdowns. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm, there we I'm are. glad I got it right, I guess, <laughs> obviously. Okay. All right, Trevor, your turn to ask Ben. Okay, Ben. So I have um, an NFL question. I found this on Pro Football Reference. You know, obviously, the basketball reference, football reference, love these sites. So my question is, who is the NFL quarterback that is the all-time career leader in most pick sixes? So the most pick sixes in their career in the NFL, which quarterback would that be? Oh my gosh, the most pick sixes in their career? So it's yes. got to be somebody that... that. Are you allowed to tell me if they're a current player or not? No, I... I are you allowed nah. to disclose that information? All right, you don't want to disclose nah, that No, I don't, okay, don't want to give that. Fine. So it's got to be somebody that throws the ball a lot and probably somebody that played a lot. Um, I have some guesses. There's one name that came to my mind within two seconds of you asking this question, and I don't even want to think about anybody else because if I get this... Per- if that's the right answer and I don't guess this person, I'm, I'm going to quit this podcast um so i'm not even gonna spend a lot of time on it mainly because i don't even i don't even know like i i could sit here for 20 minutes and try to think but it really wouldn't change my answer so you know what? i'm just gonna go with it brett Favre. that's my answer it also would have been my answer ben if it means anything. I, he played forever and he he threw a lot of passes so brett Favre. and maybe this question was too easy because that is correct brett Favre is the correct answer he has uh 31 pick sixes in his career uh right behind him dan marino at 29 Joe Name at 28, and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, both with 27 to round out the top five. Trevor, I'm so happy because I thought of him right away, and usually I'm like, nah, it can't be him. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. So I just went with my gut, and I can't believe I got that right. That was a total guess. Total guess. Definitely a good guess, I would say. All right. Ben, you're up. Ask me. Ask away. All right, Brandon. My question for you, it's unfortunate that I'm asking you. Actually, I think it's very funny because you're not going to get it right. Um, because it has to do with you remembering what happened more than a year ago. So my question for you, college football question, I actually found it. The TV was on naturally. Whenever we record a podcast, I always got a TV on just in case, you know, I get bored. Um, and it was, this was on during our big brother podcast on Thursday. So I took a picture of it while like you or Trevor were talking real quick. Cause I knew it'd be a good question. So Brandon, my question for you is who is the last preseason favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. The last person who was the favorite preseason that actually ended up winning the trophy in December of that year. So not only do you have to know who's won the Heisman Trophies, but you got to find out, you figure out if they were the favorite before that season started. Uh, The last preseason favorite to win the Heisman Trophy? I mean, I have no clue. At all, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, because um, you probably can't remember who won it like two years ago. So this is an unfortunate question for you. Is that the answer? Who won it two years ago? I don't know. But honestly, you probably won't. I'm just saying in general, you probably can't even remember. Well, I remember most of the last Heisman winners, but I don't remember who was the like preseason favorite at all. I mean, I would guess like, like when Baker won, I would guess he was probably the preseason favorite. Um... Same thing with, like, Kyler Murray, and they were both, like, not that long. Like, what, four years ago, three years ago? 
I feel like it's gonna be one of them. I, I honestly do not know the answer. Those two would probably be my favorites. Or, not my favorites. I don't like one of them at all. Those two would be the... The ones that I would say. Um... Yeah, no, I'm not sure. I, I'll go with Baker. I feel like that's the best. That's the best option. Okay, I'll say Baker Mayfield. Final answer. Baker Mayfield in 2017. That is incorrect, Brandon. Baker Mayfield was not the preseason favorite to win the Heisman Trophy that year. So, Trevor, to you, chance to steal it. Do you have any guesses here on who you think was the last time the preseason favorite actually won the Heisman Trophy? Okay, so thinking about um, Heisman winners, I think about, obviously, so you have Kyler. I don't think Kyler, he could have been preseason favorite, but I feel like Kyler just, like, coming off of Baker, pretty much. I think he, I mean, people knew about him, obviously, but I, I just have a feeling that it would have been someone else. Like, it could have been, like, maybe Tua, or it could have been, I guess, potentially Jalen Hurts, maybe? I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm mixing the years, but I feel like it could have been someone else. Um there's one name now. It's it's a, a little bit of a while ago, but I th- I feel like when Tim Tebow won the Heisman, he was probably the preseason favorite because he was already very good um, before he won the Heisman. That's just one option, but again, I I don't know for sure if he was preseason favorite. But there's so many more recent ones that I feel like one of them probably was. Um, you got like Mark Ingram. This is like 20, 2009, 2010. Uh, I don't know if he was a preseason favorite. Uh, you have guys like Cam Newton, who I think to some degree bursted onto the scene and just completely dominated that season. You have Jameis Winston. Um, uh, this Yeah, this is a tough question for sure to think about who could have been the preseason favorite when they won it. Uh, so Baker, obviously incorrect, as you mentioned. Um, who else could it have been? Uh, was was RG three? That's again. That's a while ago too. Um, man, who could have been the preseason favorite? Joe Burrow. I'm very confident was not the preseason favorite because I feel like, you know, coming from Ohio State, it's like yeah, okay, Burrow's interesting. People love him. He's very talented, but I don't. I doubt he was the preseason favorite. To be honest with you. But then I could be wrong, and I'll look like an idiot. Um, all right, I have to give a guess here because um, this is a tough question. Man, if it's all the way back to Tim Tebow, man, that's a while ago. Um, I'm gonna say could it have been James, Mark Ingram. You have Tim Tebow. You have Kyler. I don't think it was Kyler. Um, I don't think it was Johnny Manziel. I don't think it was Lamar Jackson either. That doesn't make sense to me. Actually, wait, could it have been Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I need to give an answer here. Um, I, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say preseason favorite. I'm going to go with Tim Tebow, I guess, because that was my first thought. But there could definitely be someone more recent. But that's the answer I'm going with then. Tim Tebow, I'm sorry, Trevor. Tim Tebow is incorrect. And I don't think either of one of you even said this person's name in your thought. Or I guess Brandon couldn't. But Trevor, you didn't say this person's name in your thought process at all. The answer is Marcus Mariota in 2014. He was the last time a preseason favorite actually won the Heisman Trophy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Mariota, yeah. Very difficult question. Yeah, he did come off of a really good season, I guess. So I guess that makes sense. But I I wouldn't have thought of it, obviously, because I didn't. 
Hey, the more you know. But let's go on to our main topic for today, which is kind of previewing college football. Uh, I guess it kind of started yesterday as we record this on the 29th, and it's released on the 29th as well. We had some games yesterday. Um, I know most people were pretty unimpressed with the what was it, Illinois-Nebraska game. Uh, we probably won't be saying those two teams' names today. Um, so we're gonna just going to go through the main five conferences, the Power Five conferences, talk about some teams that are good, who we think is going to win the conference, and then a couple other you know honorable mentions outside of the Power Five. You know, There's the Cincinnati's of the world, the Louisiana's, Coastal Carolina, stuff like that. Um, so let's start off in the SEC. Um, and obviously we got some big hitters here. Alabama's very good. we got Georgia. Um, Texas A&M is supposed to have a good year. Of course, LSU can never be counted out. Um, so, Ben, you know, I'm going to start with you. Who who wins this conference uh, and any other teams you like or you want to talk about? I'm going to be honest with you, Brandon. I wasn't paying attention. Are we talking about SEC right now? SEC. Okay, good. You said my name, and I was like, shoot, I am not on the right tab. All right, but I can go. All right, SEC. Well, the easiest one to say is Alabama. Alabama's probably going to win the SEC. Um, that being said, I, I – Here's my thing with Georgia, and I say this every year. They're good, and they're always preseason top 10, but usually I don't have a whole lot of faith in Georgia until they actually prove to me that they're worthy of their top five ranking or whatever it is. Um, and they're good, and I do think they're probably the best team in the SEC East, but are they Alabama good? No. There's very few teams in the country that are Alabama good. Um, so I, I do think, and it's so boring, but I do think Alabama's going to win that win the SEC, and I probably said the same thing last year, but until they prove to me that they're not the best team in the country or even just in the SEC, I'm going to keep picking them because as long as Nick Saban's there, they're going to have the best players in the country, and they're probably going to be the best team in the country. Um, in terms of other teams, I actually don't hate, and this is like so random, but I don't actually, I don't think Kentucky's that bad. And obviously they're not Alabama good, but they're like a team that's been pretty decent in the SEC for a long time. If if you look up at the end of the year in, in the SEC East, they're third or maybe even second i don't think that'd be a huge shock obviously be kind of a big deal because they're not a football school but i just think kentucky's a team look out for them because they have athletes they have a good program um and i do think they're going to be better than what a lot of people think they'll be this year so alabama is gonna it's gonna be between alabama and georgia but i think alabama is the best team in the nation this year i think they will be winning the the college football championship um but if we look at the SEC West and SEC East, the SEC East is incredibly weak. Um, you know, you, you have Georgia and Florida who aren't too terrible, but then the third team is Missouri. Uh, Missouri, if they were in the SEC West, would be ranked as one of the bottom two teams in their third in the SEC East. So Georgia is a good deal better than the rest of the teams in the SEC East, which gives them a good advantage. I feel like at the end of the year, they're going to have like one loss or zero losses going into their Alabama game. Um, or awarded to the championship, I should say. So I, I, I think Georgia could win this conference, but I don't see it happening. Um, I, I have Alabama taking the whole entire thing this year. Bryce Young is an excellent quarterback, um, and I think he's really going to thrive. He has literally Pro Bowl-level players at every single position around him. It's going to be hard not to do well in that offense. Um, so Alabama for sure will be winning this conference. Trevor, final thoughts on the SEC before we move on? Yeah, not too much to add. Alabama's going to win the SEC. I mean... Yeah, they'll have interesting matchups. Like when they go to Texas A and M in in early October, like that could be a good game. We'll see. Hopefully it is. Uh, they play Florida in mid September. That could be a good game. Hopefully it is. Um, but yeah, I mean Georgia is I think gotta be second. But I just I don't see really anyone being able to beat Alabama this year. Uh, the recruiting class that they continue to produce. Nick Saban's still there, obviously. 
well, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how long Nick Saban coaches. Um, he's obviously he loves it and we'll, we'll see what that goes, how that goes. But yeah, Bryce Young, very talented. Uh, I expect him to have a phenomenal year and I expect Alabama to uh, win the SEC once again. Next up, we have the Big 12. Uh, of course, it's been dominated by Oklahoma in the past years with amazing quarterback play, and this year is going to be no different. Spencer Rattler is the leader, um, leading odds, I guess the odds leader for uh, the Heisman. Um, but there's a lot of good teams in the Big 12 this year. Iowa State should not be slept on. They have a very, very, very old team. Not a lot of young guys are going to be starting for that team. Um, Texas, of course, is still there. Oklahoma State, uh, both are, are very, very good teams. Um, I find it hard to believe that Oklahoma's going to lose this one. I'd probably give them a 70% chance to win. i give Iowa State a pretty high chance, too. Um, they, they are another really, really good team. Um, I, I believe Iowa State is top 10 uh, yeah. started off the year. Yeah, number 7. Um, but I don't believe I'm going to bet against Spencer Rattler. Uh, I, I don't like the guy at all. Uh, I, I don't think he's a very nice gentleman. Um, but he's pretty good with, uh, with the football in his hands. So I, I'll take Oklahoma in this conference for sure. Uh, Travel, throw this one back to you. What do you think about the Big 12? Yep, I agree. Oklahoma should win the, the conference. I am a little intrigued by Iowa State, though. They're ranked 7th in the uh, preseason AP Top 25, um, which is a little bit of a blind spot for me. Um, I'm going to have to really tune in and see uh, how good Iowa State is, or maybe they'll end up disappointing. Um, we'll, we'll see, but I'm, I'm intrigued by Iowa State. I guess that's definitely a team that I'm going to be keeping my eye on, but I think Oklahoma is is too solid, and once again, I mean, they just keep getting these super talented quarterbacks. So yeah, Spencer Rattler is preseason uh, Heisman favorite, and, and I'm sure that team's gonna be very fun to watch. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is the most talented team in the Big Twelve. I don't think that's a secret. So it makes sense that they're the preseason favorite, and I think they should be because I think they have the best chance of winning. But I agree with you guys. I think Iowa State's really good. Um, who's their coach? Matt Campbell. He's been there, I think it's like five or six years now, and he's done a really good job with that program because if you would have told me in, I don't know, five years ago that they'd be a top-two team in the Big 12, I would have told you there's no way they're ever going to be a top-two team in the Big 12. Iowa State's a really, really, really good team, um, and I do think they're going to give Oklahoma some fits. It's, I don't think it's going to be a, a walk in the park for Oklahoma. Obviously, there's other teams. I guess Texas. Texas is not back. I don't care what anybody says. They're not back. They're not bad, but they're not back. They're not Texas. Um, but I, I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park for Oklahoma. I do think there's some teams that, that they will have to get through. Oklahoma State's a good program. Um, are they a top 10 team? No, but they're a good program, and it's really, really, really hard to win um, a game in Stillwater. So I, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for Oklahoma. I definitely think there's going to be some challenges with them. That being said, again, they're the most talented team in the conference. I expect them to still win uh, the Big 12. Next up, we have our favorite conference, the Big 10. Uh, this is a conference that has been dominated by Ohio State for many, many years. They're the only team that's in the top 10, and I think they are head and shoulders better than every other team in the Big 10. I wish I could talk about my Michigan Wolverines in a highlight, but I simply can't because they are not good. So can't talk very highly about them. Ohio State will wipe the floor with everyone in this conference. The only other team I think that is okay in this conference in terms of semi being able to compete with Ohio State is Wisconsin, and they still really aren't even that close. Um, Ohio State is going to run a parade in this conference. Uh, and win it very, very easily and make their way to the college football playoff. Ben, back to you. As I learned today, you're kind of an Ohio State <laughs> fan. I didn't think that was true. I don't like this. Um, I'm not. Okay, here's the thing. Because I feel like, especially with you, Brandon, Ohio State, if you say you're an Ohio State fan, that's a negative connotation. Um, 
No, it's not a negative connotation. It's it's just a really, really bad okay. thing. Okay. You know? I mean, I'll root for them. First of all, I like Justin Fields, so I, I watched them a lot when Justin Fields was there. He's not there. My interest is slowly down a little bit, but I'll still root for them. And yeah, I mean, they're the best team in the Big Ten for a long time. They still are. Very similar to, to the uh, to the SEC, where when you look at the Big Ten, it's, it's basically what it is, is you're looking at who in the West is going to play Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. It's probably going to be Wisconsin. That seems like Wisconsin's probably the best program on that side of the conference. Um, we'll see. Again, I guess Northwestern was there last year. We'll see how they are. They lost a lot of talent. Iowa's always a good program. They always have a great offensive line, which is the most important position on the field. Um, but Ohio State, they're going to have some – I don't think it will be a walk in the park, as we've seen with Ohio State years and years and years. Um, they don't blow out every team. A lot of times they play games where they really have to, to fight to win. Uh, I think, one, Penn State's going to be tough, but they play Penn State at home this year, I believe. They played at Penn State last year, so that's a big bullet they're dodging because it's not easy to win at Penn State. They won't have to play in the whiteout game this year. Um, so I do think it'll be Ohio State. Um, and, yeah, similar to Alabama. I don't think it'll be super difficult for them. They're the most talented team. So until somebody else proves to me that they're better than Ohio State, I got to take Ohio State all day long. 100%. Trevor? Yeah, I mean, this is a theme. Like, we're all agreeing because there are, like, four or five dominant things and dominant teams in college football. So this, this league is no different. Ohio State's going to win – uh, the conference, um, like they do pretty much every single year. I think if um, you know, trying to find like one game on their schedule that could be tough, I think it's probably Indiana. They they go to Indiana uh, in late October. Indiana has given them some trouble a, a couple times in the past years. So I look at that. That's intriguing to me. That's definitely a game that I'm circling. Ohio State at Indiana, October 23rd. Uh, they do play Oregon here in a couple weeks, second week. Which, yeah, I mean, it might be a decent game, but I don't, I mean, I think Ohio State's going to beat Oregon. So we'll see. Should be uh, interesting as far as, like, there are a few games that I'm intrigued by, but I would probably guess that Ohio State will win every single game in their schedule and uh, get to the college football playoff. And, you know, I think that's really where the intrigue lies. Can Ohio State beat you know, in Alabama or a Clemson or in Oklahoma. That's going to be interesting to see. And seeing now, you know, C.J. Stroud and, and how he can uh, play for the Buckeyes. Next up, we have the ACC. Um, and this is, again, kind of a one-team conference in Clemson. Uh, don't really think I need to talk too much about Clemson. That obviously could be very, very good. Um, but I do want to talk about North Carolina. Sam Howell, uh, he's the man. He can win the Heisman this year. I, he will not be... Uh, he, I mean, he will be among one of the favorites to do so. Uh, and also, I really, really like Derek King at Miami. Um, so I, I don't think that Clemson's going to lose, but I do think these two teams are very, very good football teams that will win 9, 10, maybe even 11 games um, and, and have a shot at being in a really, really good bowl game. I, I definitely wouldn't sleep on the ACC quite as much this year. I think they have four, five, six teams that are pretty solid. Um, so I think it'll be a fun year to watch Sam Howe compete for the Heisman and, of course, Clemson ball out as normal. Um, ben, I'll go to you first. What do you think about the ACC? So of all the conferences we've talked about, I w- if I had to, which I, I don't like to gamble, but if I had to put money down, I would put the most money down on Clemson to win their conference because I think of the other conferences we talked about, um, Big Ten, they have Wisconsin to battle with, you know, Iowa State and Oklahoma and the Big 12, Georgia and Alabama. I think the, the biggest competition to Clemson in the ACC is North Carolina, and I agree with you. I think Sam Howell is really good, and he'll, he's a Heisman front runner. But they're not Clemson. 
I mean, I don't think I get it. Mac Brown's a good coach, and he's done a really good job with that program. But they're not nearly on the same level as Clemson. I don't care how great Sam Howell plays. I just can't see them ever beating Clemson. I think Clemson um, will easily win the ACC. I, I just can't see them having really any competition in this conference. They're just so good. They're so head and shoulders above everybody else in this conference that even a team like North Carolina with a great quarterback, I just can't see them uh, staying on the field with a team like Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to agree once again. <laughs> I wish I could disagree. I wish I could just be like, oh, no, actually, I think North Carolina might win this one. Or, oh, I, you know, watch out for Miami, you know. Obviously, the turn, you know, they got the turnover chain if they're still doing that. Like, yeah, Miami, they're going to be fun, but I can't. I mean, Clemson's going to win the ACC. I think I agree with you, Ben. I think that if out of any one of these power conferences, if I'm placing the most confidence in, in terms of them winning their conference, I think I would agree that it's Clemson. Um, I, I just don't see a world where they lose the AC, ACC. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, the quarterback. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. I'm just going to call him DJ. DJ, the quarterback for Clemson. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see him, obviously. You know, we, we saw last season, you know, kind of without Lawrence. Obviously, they lost that game, uh, I believe, to Notre Dame when, when DJ was, was in there. Lawrence struggling with some injury stuff so it's gonna be interesting to see kind of now how he replaces obviously Trevor Lawrence one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in so long and that'll be a fun storyline and they do have a really interesting matchup with Georgia next weekend which I didn't mention when we were talking about the SEC but that's gonna be a very fun matchup um, I, I'm really looking forward to that game yep 100% um, let's move on to our final conference here which is the Pac-12 um, as always, uh, Pac-12, not so good. I only think there's a couple teams that will go above, uh, or probably like five or six teams that will go above 500. Uh, most of them are not that great. Um, the one team that really speaks to me is Oregon. I like Oregon. I know most people are going to pick USC, but I'm a big Oregon fan. Um, and I actually have them winning the Pac-12. I, I really think they'll pull it off, um, and, and, and get the W. Um, but them and USC, they will both be in good good bowl games for, for sure. You can even include Washington in there if you so desire. Um, but Oregon would be the team that I would personally take. Yeah. Um, so this this is one that we finally have that's tough, which is good. And um, I'm intrigued by the Pac-12 a little bit. They don't have any team that's like stands out as like this team has a chance to win the title, the college football uh, national title. I don't think any of their teams do. Sorry to uh, my, my good friend Devin, who's a big Oregon fan, and sorry to any other, if there are any USC fans or Washington fans that are listening, sorry to you as well, but none of the teams in the Pac-12, I don't see winning uh, the national championship. As far as who's going to win the conference, I think it's close, but I think I agree with you, Brandon. I think Oregon has a slight edge over Washington, over USC, Utah, teams like that. I think I would agree. Um, obviously, their track record's been very good over the last... 10 years. Yes, they did have a couple down years in, in the past few, but I do lean toward Oregon as being the best team in the Pac-12. Ben, you can wrap it up for us. I don't want to be boring, so I don't want to pick Oregon. So what I'll do, I like Washington, and here's why. Obviously, I don't know a whole lot about Washington, but I know they have a really good defense, um, and they always say defense wins championships. So I do think Washington has a really good defense. Now, they play Michigan their second game of the year. I don't know how good Michigan's going to be, Brandon. Maybe you do. I don't think they're going to be great. I'm interested to see how Washington plays in that game. If Washington looks terrible against Michigan, then maybe I'll change my thought. But if they look good, if they beat Michigan, 
then maybe Washington has it has a really a decent case to win the Pac-12. Um, again, I, I think Oregon is probably the most talented team, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to win, especially in this conference. We've seen in years past, really anything can happen in this conference. Um, another team I, I like is Utah. Utah always seems to have some really powerful weapons on the offense. They always have a really high-scoring offense. They always have really good athletes on the field. Now, preseason, they're number two behind USC, and I get that, but I expect Utah and Washington to both make some noise in their respective divisions. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see one or maybe even both of them playing in the Pac-12 championship game because I do think Utah and Washington are good enough to be in that position at the end of the year. Hey, it's, it's, it's 100% possible. I can see it too. Um, next up, I just want to talk about a couple of teams. Uh, you know, we, we can talk about one or two teams if we want that uh, we all think are going to be good. Cincinnati's kind of the obvious one. Then I'll kind of leave that one for you. Uh, just because I think you will have more to say than I will. Uh, the other one I want to talk about is Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana is not really projected to lose any in-conference games. They are really, really good. Um, top 20 team, I believe, right now, and I think they'll stay that way as long as they don't lose any games they are not supposed to lose. Uh, but really, really high-end team um, that I think is a very, very solid football team. I intend on them being in a very good bowl game. I'm hoping they can make um, you know, a, a New Year's Six game, but we'll have to see. Uh Trevor, you know, we'll leave Cincinnati for Ben. Trevor, any other teams that you kind of like that you see? Um, I mean, like in the sense that they're going to be intriguing, I think Coastal Carolina is going to be an intriguing team. I think they'll be fun to watch as they kind of were last year. Um, are they good? I mean, again, like, none. I don't think any of these te- – it's so tough. I don't think any of these teams are going to, like, completely just, like – impress me so much that's like man this team like kind of central florida a couple years ago they won every game it's like some people like rallying for central florida to be included in the playoff like that team was very good um is coast carolina like that or louisiana are they like that no i don't think either of those teams are on that level but they're intriguing um and coast carolina just last year i remember watching a couple of their games and they were they were just a fun team to watch so i'll definitely i think catch at least a couple coastal carolina games this season uh ben you can wrap it up with cincinnati so here's what i say about cincinnati and i just golfed yesterday with three people that went there so clearly they're very passionate about it and i get it they're a good team cincinnati's Season is going to come down to two games, okay? Their first game they open against Miami, Ohio. I expect them to win that game. Then they play Murray State. I expect them to win that game. Their third and fourth games, they go to Indiana and then to Notre Dame. If they mm-hmm. realistically want any chance of actually making the college football playoff, they're fighting an uphill battle because they're, they're in a bad football conference. They need to basically go undefeated. they got to win both those games against Indiana and Notre Dame and then obviously assume that they take care of the lesser teams within their conference. UCF is a good team, but they have them at home this year. I expect them to win that game. Um, again, they're they're in the they're in the the American Athletic Conference, so the college football playoff really will not want to put them in that playoff unless they probably go undefeated. If they have a loss to Navy or to Tulsa, no way you're making it. So in terms of Cincinnati, I get it; they're a really good team. Do I think they'll make the college football playoff? No, because I don't necessarily see them going undefeated. Um, can they beat Indiana and Notre Dame? Absolutely. They're a really good team. They have a great quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Um, but I just don't know. I think they're fighting an uphill battle. I think it's going to be really, really, really hard for them um, to make the college football playoff. We saw that last year. People thought, not everyone, some people thought they should have made the playoff last year. Um, we'll see. They are going to be really fun to watch. I'm very excited to watch them play this year because they have a lot of talent. Luke Fickle has done a phenomenal job with that team. 
Um, I don't expect him to stay there a whole lot longer. I think he's going to get an offer that he, it's going to be way too good to refuse at some point. But for now, um, Cincinnati's got to cash in on what they have now because they this is their year. This is probably the best or most talented team they've had um, in probably the last 10, 15 years. So I'm very excited to see what they do this year. But again, it comes down to basically two games in the middle of their season, Indiana and Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and so uh, go ahead, Trevor. I was just gonna say, and neither of them are home games either, which which makes no. it tough. Back to back away games against uh, yeah. two solid teams, and Notre Dame and Indiana. So it's gonna be tough. So something we kind of forgot to add in, but we actually did an interview with the soccer encyclopedia Josh Baskin, and we didn't really want it to be right here, right, Trevor? But we kind of forgot to cue it. You in forgot. Earlier, that's so. your that's your job, Brandon. You forgot to do it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, it's my fault, 100%. So we'll continue it in right now, so you guys will listen to it at the end of the podcast. Here is our interview with the soccer encyclopedia, Josh Baskin. All right, we have the man himself here, Josh Baskin, to talk about all of the latest happenings in the soccer world. The soccer encyclopedia. And the biggest thing, Josh, because we had to have you on for this, it, it's, it's your guy, Cristiano Ronaldo. He's back. Man United, we had to have you on because, you know, us three sit up here, me, Brandon, Ben, talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. It would have been super surface level. I would have been like, cool return. It's going to be interesting to see him hopefully finish his career here. But I wanted to hear it from a Man United fan himself. That is you. Uh, What do you think about this move? You know, first reactions. What were your emotions when you saw Cristiano Ronaldo coming back to Man United? So thank you for for the intro. I, I greatly appreciate it. Real quick, I want to shout out, uh, you know, being a podcast alum, Noah Barrison. Great episode last time. Uh, just, just you know, as a future alum, gotta represent. You know, I don't even know if this is like my fourth or fifth time, but me and Barrison are in that, you know, top tier category. So I'm, I, I thank you guys very much for having me. Of course, of course, but we're happy to, to have you Trevor, on. Trevor, to answer your question, you know, about the emotions and, and first feelings, there's a, a little bit I have to go into really quick. Is a Manchester United fan coming home in elementary school, the first thing I'd watch on Fox Soccer Channel is is Manchester United destroying all these weak teams. And as my favorite color being red, seeing Cristiano Ronaldo, I fell in love with United. So that's where my, my love for United started. And I, I remember the day in 2009 when he left for, at the time, a world record 80 million fee to Real Madrid. I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I, and that's where I started to follow Real Madrid as well, as, as Ronaldo went. But... Once that day happened, I never once in my life thought he ever had to come back to Manchester United. He's in obviously that category with Messi where, you know, he already proved himself before he was 23 years old, 24 years old with Manchester United arriving, you know, as a 17-year-old in 2003. You know, he already lit up the stage in his first few appearances then, got his first goal, and it really just kicked on from there. So to me, as a United fan, I never ever thought this day would come back, uh, like I said, from a player that owed us nothing because he won a Champions League. He won the Ballon d'Or in 2008 while playing in the Premier League. The accolades can go on for him. However, with that being said, as you know, Trevor, and maybe you too, Brandon, and to some of the viewers uh, out there as well, he's been linked to Man City the past few weeks. And Mm -hmm. Man City Mm -hmm. has kind of been the bigger brother lately, uh, unfortunately for me, within the past 10 years really once Sir Alex Ferguson left, and it even started in 2011-12 when City won the league. So for him thinking that he would, you know, A, come back to the Premier League, but B, go to Man City, it it was messing with my mind, to be completely honest with you. I was like, there's no way he can be going to City 
you know, th this is LeBron James going to Golden State. And Brandon knows I don't even say the full name of them. I, I still have that. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Hatred. This is worse than Kevin. It's, it's Kevin or, Durant going back to OKC, really. It was LeBron basically coming back to the Cavs almost in 2016 in a way, but uh, older. He's 36. Um, so I, I am super excited. My year is made. I, I texted Brandon. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, one of the greatest managers of all time, called in. As, man, uh, as Ronaldo was coming on over to England, said, hey, what are you doing? Don't sign with Man City. Bruno Fernandes, Man United's best player, Portuguese guy, was doing some uh, some agent work behind the scenes as well, texting him and whatnot, and they got the proposal sent over on the plane, and, and he's a United player. So, Trevor, I, I, I'm extremely happy. Yeah, so looking at Ronaldo, and, and this makes me think about, because I, I love to think about when it comes to basketball, football, any sport, I like to think about legacy, right? So Cristiano Ronaldo, he's already won five Ballon d'Ors. He's already won five Champions League titles. Now here he's coming back to Man United, which does have a pretty you know talented squad. I mean they could they could win the Premier League. I know their first two games weren't like amazing, but it's only two games. It's super early. Um, so now with him back here with Man United, what do you think? Um, you know, I guess Ronaldo's aspirations should be for this team and I guess as a fan of Man United what what do you think Man United should expect as a whole um in the Premier League this year I gotta give you props first because you telling me that Man United could win the league pre-Ronaldo is great to hear I don't have that much confidence in United yet um and as you know Will who uh, I do the 12th row pod is United fan as well he doesn't even have that much confidence as well so thank you thinking that we can can win the league um but you know with with Ronaldo joining he, like I said he's 36 I don't necessarily think it's a matter of him like owing anything it's kind of in a way like a last dance I know it's a Michael Jordan cliche kind of saying uh in the recent times um mm -hmm. but you know I, I think what would be reasonable is him putting Man United in a better position than when he eventually does leave. You know, it might be after two years. It very well could be. He could retire at Man United. Um, obviously, the Champions League is his number one goal. With that, winning the league as well, keeping, you know, the league in Manchester. He's He basically won it every year. He was, he was you know, in Manchester. Um, as for a goals and assists total, you know, to be honest, he's still on a level where he should be with Messi realistically uh it's it's no longer a he's got to get used to the premier league or anything like that this is something that has not really been seen before a player of this caliber still at this age returning to the best league in the world so like i said i don't really have a goals or assist total i expect him to to put us in a great position to to challenge for for winning the league and keeping it in manchester and and definitely pushing us further in the champions league i think if he can get us past at least a quarterfinal. I know that might be a little light, um, but I don't think the squad still is, is is perfect with Ronaldo by any means. He obviously helps in the attack, um, but we'll get onto some of United's attack in a in a minute, though. Yeah. So I guess just like and and Brian, you you could jump in if you have any uh, questions about Ronaldo. Um, but we we have another player, I guess. Uh, Messi, who goes to PSG now, he finally le leaves Barcelona, which, you know, just speaking Woo! as like a little bit of a, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I would have to call myself a little bit of a casual here, but I didn't think Messi would ever leave Barcelona. I thought he was going to be there uh, for the rest of his career. Um, maybe, maybe if he left, then maybe he could potentially uh, go into like I don't know an MLS squad similar to how Ibrahimovic did. But I kind of felt that he was going to stay with Barcelona for the rest of his career. To be honest with you, Josh. But what, what do you now think about Messi's move to PSG? Obviously, it ha- this happened now a few weeks ago, and we touched on it, but. Never got a chance to hear from you what you kind of thought about it. So what do you think about Messi going to PSG, and what do you think their hopes are of potentially finally winning uh, a Champions League title? Yeah, I mean, to have two of the greatest players to ever do it leave in the same transfer window was, window was crazy enough. Uh, but Messi did start it off. Um, real quick, I'll, I'll break that down. Basically, in 2018, this is when kind of this whole ordeal started or where the the root of the problem started really a lot of players at barca and staff were massively overpaid they paid over like 130 or 100 million or so for uh philippe coutinho from liverpool they made some some weird moves uh that summer uh but basically their debt was starting to build up messi wanted to leave last year but decided okay i'm going to stay my last year they won the copa del rey he he was smiling again he he won the uh Copa America with Argentina this year, first major trophy since the Olympics in 08. So uh, he's he was happy, he was ready to sign. However, with COVID last year, and still technically this year, um, Barca's just in way too much debt. And uh, La Liga basically denied Messi uh, staying at Barca. He decided to take a 50% wage cut, still didn't help. La Liga said, you still owe us and too many clubs too much money. Uh, and so they, they really were in a position where he had to leave. He spent 21 years at the club, too many goals, too many assists, and too many trophies to list off for you. Unbelievable. Uh, same thing with Ronaldo where, you know, I was at work, I got the notification. The rest of work, my mind was just kind of exploding because of, of soccer news. Um, as for winning the Champions League, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Messi hasn't been able to do it since 2015. He's had the teams just as good, if not better, than this PSG side. However, he's he's back with Neymar, which is going to be great to see. And he's got Mbappe, uh, who, you know, in a way is kind of what Messi was to when Ronaldinho was at Barcelona. Ronaldinho coming off a Ballon d'Or season. Messi comes in. He kind of grooms him in, you know, takes him under his wing and, and lets him blossom at such a young age. And that's what hopefully Mbappe can do with if, if he stays with Messi alongside. But... I mean, PSG, it's been insane. Michael Jordan made $7 million himself. He got a 5% pay cut of the $140 million that uh, PSG sold of, mm-hmm. of his jersey sales within 24 hours. So that, that speaks for itself, too. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was insane. Um, definitely, uh, Michael Jordan, obviously, you know, investing in PSG definitely worked out well for him. Brandon, I know you're a PSG fan. Um, I know you're pretty happy about this. W- what do you think about this move? I mean, I'm sure it's just you. You obviously love it. I mean, I was so 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 excited to see this, but now I'm I'm a little sad because we might have Mbappe leave. And I I called Josh and I learned this. And I'm like, Josh, help me understand. And I, I guess I kind of get it. You know, he's he's potentially reached his peak there. They've never had right. Messi there, so I don't know if that's true. But it seems like he's kind of reached his peak, and he has to go to one of the bigger leagues, whether it's La Liga or the Premier League, to really reach his full potential, compete for a Ballon d'Or. Um, but I don't know. I, I wish he would just, like, stay this year and sign a one-year deal or something and then have them transfer him or something like that. 
Uh, it makes me sad, but you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm happy about Messi. That's that's yeah. that's a plus. And, and you sure. know, touching on this real quickly, Brandon, PSG have had arguably next to Manchester United, really one of the best summer, if not tri- you know, w- transfer windows of all time. Not even summer. PSG brought yeah. in not only Messi, they brought in Sergio Ramos from Real Madrid, which is crazy to think that Messi and Ramos has, have played over 50 times against each other. They hate each other, and now they're they're playing alongside each other in the same transfer window. They brought in Akraf Hakimi from Inter Milan, uh, who was a Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund player. They brought in Gini Wijnaldum uh, from Liverpool, and they brought in uh, Gianluca, or Gianluigi Donnarumma, the Italian uh, goalie from AC Milan, who just came off winning the uh, Euros uh, with Italy and was also named the player of the of the tournament. Uh, so Brandon PSG are looking very strong and solid, to be honest, regardless of, of if Mbappe is there or not. Um, but yeah, PSG, they'll definitely be uh, up there for Champions League this season. They finished in the final two years ago without him. They're looking to, to get there again and capitalize on Messi. Yeah. Yes, sir, I like to hear that. I do like to Yeah, hear I that. also thought it was kind of strange that Mbappe potentially might want to leave. I, I kind of maybe agree with what Brandon's saying. Like, why not? You know, if, if you haven't won Champions League, that's the one thing that you still need to do. I don't know, why not now that you seem to have... You have Messi, obviously Neymar's been there now, um, and you could go out and have a chance to win Champions League. I, I don't know. I guess I don't totally understand that, but uh, that's that's part of my uh, lack of knowledge um, yeah. here with this situation. But uh, Josh, obviously we had some other big things. Uh, it, well, I guess first, is there anything you wanted to add to either the Ronaldo uh, and Messi situation? Um, and then secondly, what are some of the other biggest uh you know, kind of transfers that we saw? Because I, I know that we've talked about uh, before this podcast and I've seen some things in the past couple of weeks of some pretty huge signings, some things that are going to uh, definitely have a huge impact. So I wanted to hear you talk about a few of those as well. Yeah, so uh, going back to Manchester United, I touched on, you know, their attack and having one of the best transfer windows alongside PSG. They brought in, firstly, uh, Jaden Sancho from Borussia Dortmund. He was, uh, he was let go by Man City at 17, uh, by let go. Uh, PSG just uh, bought him for around $8 million. Uh, he only played a first few team a few first team games for Man City in his time, maybe you know five or six handful, uh, but blossomed and, and just went insane at his time in Dortmund, got the playing time. As you know, Dortmund is a team that gives those youngsters a big, you know, a heavy role early, and they prove themselves. He made a move back to Manchester, but this time, fortunately for me, uh, Manchester United, and originally, you know, before Ronaldo, uh, this transfer window, I was happy with just Sancho. We bought him for ninety-four million. Uh, he's going to be on the wing. He's like twenty years old, twenty-one years old. He was supposed to possibly take the number seven shirt um, away from Cavani, but you know, now that's Ronaldo's probably going to take that. Um, but the, he adds insane firepower to the attack. Uh, arguably, the best player in, in La Liga on his day. He had twenty goals and twenty assists. Uh, about a year ago, or two years ago, and then this past year, he was right around uh, five or six under that uh, in all competitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also grab Rafael Varane, uh, five-time Champions League winner as well with, with Manchester United, uh, or four-time, excuse me, um, and uh, World Cup winner in 2018. He's played alongside Ronaldo since 2012, up until when Ronaldo left for Juventus three years ago. So United figured out a big part of their defense, so I'm insanely excited for this the start of this Man United season. Uh, when we look at a few other transfers, the biggest transfer of the window, though, money-wise, was actually Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is a 25-year-old 
attacking midfielder, outside uh, left midfielder uh, for Aston Villa in the Premier League. He went to Man City for, like I said, around $130 million, and, and he's going to really blossom under Pep Guardiola. He was in the England squad for the Euros. Uh, it was a very controversial transfer, as he's been in Aston Villa his whole life as well. His goal was to get them out of relegation and, and back into the Premier League, which he did. And and off of that, Aston Villa, you know, took in a few signings that I don't need a name, but they've they've boosted their squad back well from that. And then another big signing, a bigger name you guys might know is uh, Romelu Lukaku. He went from Inter Milan back to Chelsea. He originally started with Chelsea in like 2011-12. Uh, they bought him from Anderlecht out in the Belgian league. But after Chelsea, mm-hmm. he went on loan to a ton of Premier League teams. Uh, he went on loan to West Brom, and then after that season, he went to Everton for a loan year, and then Everton bought him. Then he went to Manchester United. Then after two years there, he went to Inter Milan, where now after two years there, he's back at Chelsea for about $120 million, uh, $125 million or so. Uh, and he's already scored on his debut. Sorry, Trevor. Uh, he scored against Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... The worst those, team in the Premier League right now, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but those are the main five or six with the other ones I've sprinkled in throughout you know, my time talking here, whether it's about PSG or something like that. So that's uh, that's what I've got. Yeah, I thought maybe we could get through this interview without having to mention Arsenal, but uh, we managed to do it. Um, <laughs> but also, I think... Yeah. Also, I think with Jack Grealish, you know, he, I mean, this move, I think, seemed evident. Like, he, he wasn't going to stay his whole career with Austin Villa, uh, you know, for sure, because yeah, no. they were not one of these top teams. So it was evident. Jack Grealish, he's a young star. Um, so to see him at Man City, I mean, it makes sense. Man City gets a lot of these these younger players, and that's why they, you know, they continue to be good year after year. Over the past, you know, 10 years or so, they've been one of the top teams in the Premier League every year. Yeah, so and like, I think that's go, interesting quickly in depth on that you know Jack Grealish was the most fouled player in the Premier League uh he draws players toward him that's his biggest strength of his game so he creates more space for Pep Guardiola and City and and that's just what mm-hmm. Guardiola loves to do so he he's going to be a yeah. good fit for City unfortunately yeah I'm, I'm sure he will be I mean that, that just that one just really makes a ton of sense to me I'm not I'm not surprised about that transfer either but Josh is there anything else uh you kind of wanted to mention um obviously you're so excited about Ronaldo going to Man United it's going to be interesting to see how they do I'm definitely going to have to be keeping tabs on that see how Ronaldo's looking on Man United at age 36 um (laughs) but he's still you know he's still one of the best players in the game right I mean he's he's still up there uh even at age 36 kind of like LeBron how he's still one of the best playing in the NBA even at age 36 so that's real interesting that people call uh, LeBron the GOAT at his age uh, and people <laughs> say Ronaldo isn't uh, of soccer, which is, which is totally okay. And this is one thing, that my, my last topic uh, is for all the Messi and Ronaldo debaters. Uh, I told Brandon I only have one, th- or I may have told you even, I, there's only really one thing to say. Uh, Messi went to the French League, which is now ranked the sixth league in the entire world. The Portuguese League has, has jumped over them. And uh, mm-hmm. Ronaldo went back to the Premier League. Um, so yeah, to, uh, best league in that's the world. That's true. Uh, but that's all I have to say. As, uh, <laughs> the frog is sitting yeah. in his coffee mug. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. The the Messi Ronaldo debates always always interesting. Um, but I think uh, we'll leave it there, Josh. Uh, yeah, as always, um, <laughs> so great to have you on. Um, no, you know, and we'll have you if we get any other huge news that comes out in the next whenever couple months. You know, you are the most. Uh, you you have racked up the most guest appearances. You have at least like four or five now. That tops Noah or um, anyone else. Um, yeah, but so Noah does have you. You have that in your me. bag. Noah Noah's Noah's almost meet. He's meeting almost elite level people now uh, in your world. That's true. People. That's true. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> but you know, like like you said, uh, I or I said as well too. I appreciate you know having me on, and uh, I definitely look forward to coming back. We might have to do a an alumni reunion here at some point. Um, I don't know yeah. how you guys will feel about that, but we might have to get something going. Yeah, well, we are we are going to have our fancy football draft on uh, Tuesday, so yes, that's going to be interesting for sure. How, uh, Brandon will definitely be finishing in last place. I don't care where anyone else finishes, as long as Brandon <laughs> doesn't even sniff victory. I don't care. It's impossible. It just simply is impossible for me to finish in last. Yeah, I, I think my I think my biggest goal is to beat Brandon. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that another day. Oh, we'll talk also, about that another day. Quickly, I do uh, need to give uh, my my shout out to the one and only Ben O'Brien, who's not here with us, unfortunately. Ben, I would have loved to to be with you, uh, and hear and hear your beautiful takes, as they are obviously much better than Brandon's. Um, so it's impossible ben, to when when you are on the episode, uh, just know that I appreciate you the most. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, with that being said, Josh, again, so great to have you on. We'll have you on so many more times. Um, obviously, you know, we have the 12th Row Podcast that uh, obviously, you know, we're hoping to maybe have some episodes coming up here. Obviously, I know there's been some scheduling conflicts, but obviously I always love hearing from you. Yeah, um, talk about also, soccer. Uh, it kind of gives me some Will's info. also a varsity coach uh, in Columbus, so that's true. I knew that his time needs to be taken. So that's why there's been a slight hold of, of the 12th Row podcast. But, but we'll it, get it, it will yeah. be back. We'll get it going. I, there, I know we probably should have made an official announcement or something on, on our end. But, yeah, Will's, Will's just been busy. Um I've had a little work pickup too, but it, we'll it'll get it be back wrong. on. But listen to listen to the Small Baller podcast for all you listeners. Uh, five seconds of fame. I know is a lovely podcast. Uh, so yeah. you guys are lucky. I'm getting you the free free uh, marketing or whatever as well. It's not free. It's on whatever. our it's on our podcast. So <laughs> all right. Well, thanks guys. Anyways, I appreciate it. I've got nothing left. So all right, no problem, Josh. Uh, and now we will head back to the Small Baller podcast. Alrighty, well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview from Josh. Um, it, it was fun for us to do. Uh, ben couldn't make it, but that's okay. He is here for the main podcast. But I think we'll kind of end it there on, on Josh's interview, uh, talking about the, the current state of the soccer world and all the transfers that just happened. Um, but thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast. We really, really appreciate it. As always, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. Follow us on Twitter. The link is in the description. Or go to at the small baller on Twitter. This is where you can find out when all of our podcasts go live. Um, and, you know, you can, you can check us out on there. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.